there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Well, I want to bring the word of God to you, <clears throat> and then we'll do the rest later. I want to speak on the subject financial dominion. Somebody shout financial dominion. It is one of the things I feel I, I will talk about for a while uh, on Fridays just to teach you. I'm doing a series on Sunday on the presence of God and I'll do a series on financial dominion on Fridays. I don't know how long it will go, but we'll finish when we finish. Isn't it? You know, one time they asked the president of Zimbabwe why he has not allowed other people to be presidents. And he answered and he said, the people of Zimbabwe are still here. There is nowhere they are going. So we'll finish when we finish because you are here. If Jesus comes, we go to heaven. Isn't it? Now, I want to begin by saying that God designed man to have dominion on earth. Each and every one of us has been fashioned, created, gifted, and crafted by God to have dominion here on earth. And dominion has to do with rulership. You're ruling over something. You have it under control. You see, when, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, he was supposed to keep it and to tend it, you know. He was to have dominion in that sphere to ensure that the trees don't grow out of control. The shrubs don't grow out of control. So when you have dominion, it simply means that you are in control um, of something that God has placed under you. Now, there are four main spheres of the earth, or there are four main spheres here on earth, and I'm going to mention them quickly. Number one, is the geosphere, the geosphere. Geo simply means ground. And the geosphere describes all that is found on or in the earth. Geo describes all that is found on or in the earth. We are talking about rocks, we are talking about minerals, we are talking about metals, we are talking about um, mountains, we are talking about natural resources, uh, we are talking about what is on the ground. So that is one sphere of the earth. For those who did geography, how many did geography here? You did geography and, and you got an A. Keep your hands up. Your hands quickly went down. Is it that bad? 
for those who did geography like some of us, we studied the ground. You know, you're able to see the different layers that are in the ground, isn't it? What was the first layer? Who said ozone? <laughs> All right, from the look of things, it's like even a bee was not there. <laughs> Geosphere represents the ground, all right? And the ground is very rich. If you go deeper, you'll be able to see different layers. This week, I brought a structural engineer, you know, um, at our land. By the way, we are planning to start building very soon. You know, and he told, he told me to dig to the ground so that he can see what is happening in the ground to determine how he's gonna do uh, the structural drawing of our, of our sanctuary. And as that guy was going deeper, I started realizing that so the soil was in layers and the soil kept on changing texture and color as you go deeper, then you get to the rocks. You know, so as you're going deeper, it's very rich. And if you go deep enough, you find water. So that is a geo, geo sphere. And that is where we are going to put your flesh. Tell your neighbor your flesh will become part of the layers. And then in future, somebody is going to plant a mango tree there. It will draw nutrients from your flesh, and then people will eat the orange. Tell your neighbor, one day you'll be eaten. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. This side, they are not happy with my message. They think they will not be eaten. But tell your neighbor, you'll be eaten one day. Can I go deeper? Eh? Where you are buried, they will grow grass. And then the cows will eat that grass. And then somebody will eat the meat. Tell your neighbor one more time, one day you'll be eaten. So even those who don't want to be eaten while you are alive, one day... Anyway, let's move on. Number two, we have the... Um, <laughs> Pastor Anthony, are you okay? The biosphere. Somebody say the biosphere. The biosphere has to do with the ecological communities. The entire ecological communities within the physical surrounding of the earth are within the umbrella of the biosphere. So when you look at the entire ecological communities within the physical surrounding of the earth. And these are human beings, animals, plants, and even microorganisms. They form part of the biosphere. And we have some microorganisms that we cannot actually see them with our naked eye. You have to use a microscope. You remember when we used to go to the lab. Hey. Yes. So you mean even chemistry 
was a problem. How many did chemistry? If you got an A, let your hand remain up. Lord have mercy. You got an A. Wow. She deserves a clap. Okay, let, let's, let's start from below. You did chemistry. Lift up your hand. How many got a D? <laughs> or I should have started law a bit. Which one? The E. Lord have mercy. But we could go to the library, not library, um, laboratory using a microscope, of course, even with biology as well, you could be able to see all these tiny microorganisms that you can't actually see with your naked eye. So human beings, animals, plants, and we have all types of plants, you know, uh, we have different um, types of human beings. Some are short, some are tall, some are black, some are white, some are slender, some are blessed, you know. Hallelujah. Yeah, tell your neighbor, you look blessed. Glory to God. Uh, tell them one more time, you look blessed. Your neighbor looks blessed, isn't it? They belong to the biosphere. So it's part of the earth. And then number three, we have the hydrosphere. Hydro means water. So the hydrosphere is made up of all the water that is on the earth. Now, when you look at the map, you realize that the earth is almost 70% water. I mean, there, there is more water on the earth than, than land. When you fly, you know, and you look through the window, you are likely to see a lot of water over a long distance while you're flying. I see you flying very soon. In Jesus' name. For those who have never seen the inside of a plane, may God remember you. May you fly. Hallelujah. Not in your dreams. May you fly literally in the name of Jesus. So when you're up there, you will see that the earth is actually made up of close to 70% water. You know, and that is another sphere because th that is another world, you know. You know, there, there, there are things which, or objects which have sunk in the sea and they have never been found, you know. They say that there are areas in the seas that you can go so deep and still not reach at the surface. The depth is higher than Mount Everest, which is the tallest mountain, you know in the world. So you can see that it can be very deep. That's why some people, when a plane sometimes crashes in the sea, they don't find people. You know, because it goes real deep. And then down there also, they are eaten. Tell your neighbor, even in the sea, you can be eaten. <laughs> and then after you are eaten, we will fish the fish. <laughs> and then the fish will land on 
our plates. Then as we are eating the fish, we are eating you. We say, this fish sounds like beef. <laughs> or tastes like beef. So that's another word, you know. And you have so many types of, you know, aquatic animals, you know, living in the hydrosphere. So these include rivers, lakes, streams, oceans, oceans, groundwater, polar ice caps, glaciers, and moisture in the air. Then number four, we have the atmosphere, which many of us are called the atmosphere. The atmosphere is an envelope of gas that keeps the planet warm and provides oxygen for breathing and carbon dioxide for photosynthesis. How many understand the process of photosynthesis? One, two, three. How many did biology in school? Glory to God. How many got an A in biology? How many got a B in biology? How many got a C in biology? How many got, how many, it was not even marked. Anyway, so the atmosphere is also vast. It's vast. It's full of birds. All right? Birds rule, you know, the atmosphere. But also the atmosphere provides us with oxygen, provides us with warmth. You know, there's an ozone layer. Somebody mentioned here ozone layer. He didn't know where to place it. The ozone layer is up there. You know, that, and you see all these things that God has, or spheres that God has put into place, they are balanced in a way to make it easier for a human being to survive here on earth. So all of these enormous and complex systems interact with one another to maintain the earth as we know it. That's why the sun does not scorch you to death. That's why you have enough oxygen for you to breathe. You know, that's why there's enough light for you, you know, for you to see where you're going. Everything has been placed there to balance the ecosystem. You understand what I'm saying? Even the animals that we don't really desire, they have, or we don't like, let me use the word like, because they are ugly or something like that, they have a part to play. Cockroaches have a part to play. You know, hyenas have a part to play. You know, mosquitoes have a part to play. Geckos have a part to play. Lizards, you know, have a part to play. Snakes have a part, you know, to play. Bears, lions, they have a part, you know, to play. And human beings have a part to play as well. So the word dominion is a biblical word. And God wants you and I to have dominion on these four spheres. And you can see that man has already exercised dominion in some of these spheres. Now, when you look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 28, the Bible says, Then God blessed them. Who are these? Us, human beings, Adam and Eve. God blessed them. And God said to them, 
Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Then have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So Adam was given dominion over these four spheres of the earth. The first fill the earth and subdue it simply means that God wanted him to have dominion over the geosphere. The first have dominion over the fish of the sea denotes that God wanted him to have dominion over the hydrosphere. The first have dominion over the birds of the air denotes that God wanted him to have dominion over the atmosphere. And the first have dominion over the living thing, every living thing that moves on the earth denotes that God wanted him to have dominion over the biosphere. So you can see that all this, you see, God, God is wiser than even the scientists because he came up with these things before they even discovered all the spheres that exist on, on, on the face of the earth. So you and I, we are supposed to exercise dominion in all these spheres of the earth. Now, can we go a little bit deeper? Really, can you handle deep? When you look at the biosphere, and this is where human beings are. This is where we live. There we have, here, in, in, in this sphere we have animals. In this sphere we have plants, you know. In this sphere we have human beings. When you look at the biosphere, it is a complex system by itself. Just looking at, if you just pull that string out of the entire fabric of the earth called biosphere, you can see that it is very, very complex. It entails governance, it entails health, it entails education, it entails social units like friendships, uh, family relationships, it entails science, technology, business, and money. Somebody shout money. Shout it again, money. Money operates in the biosphere. Money does not operate in the atmosphere. Money does not operate in the hydrosphere. Money operates in the biosphere because that is where human beings are. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So when you look at the biosphere, which I want us to focus on, where money is, God wants us to exercise dominion over finances. Finances are not supposed to have control over you. You should be the one who rules over finances. You should exercise dominion over finances. I'm already blessed up to that point. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you must exercise dominion over finances. By exercising dominion over finances, it positions you to have dominion over poverty. Talk to me, somebody. Because poverty is in the biosphere. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, birds don't know what poverty is. They will just wake up and sing, and then God will give them food. 
The aquatic animals, they have a lot of options. Other animals are dying, they eat them. Other people go swimming, then they drown, they eat them. <laughs> you don't like my message, but it's, it's powerful. But poverty is here in this biosphere because it's a biosphere that has been plagued by sin. You understand what I'm saying? Biosphere that has been affected by sin, and this fear now infiltrates other areas, you know, of the earth. So when you exercise financial dominion, then you are able to exercise dominion over lack. You are able to exercise dominion over want. You are able to exercise dominion over poverty. You are also able to exercise dominion over backwardness. I hate backwardness. When you have financial dominion, you are able to exercise dominion over backwardness, over um, disorganization, because God has positioned you in a dimension where you are in charge with what rules the world. Money rules the world. Money is fluid. Say that with me. Money is fluid. Because money moves from one place to another. Money moves from one hand to another. Money moves from one country to another. Money moves from one bank to another. Money moves from one business to another. Money is very fluid. So if you don't have financial dominion, it is unlikely that money will move towards your direction. And you will say there is no money, but there's somebody else who will say there is money. The way people say, this country does not have money. But you go and stand by the roadside, and you will realize you are the only one who does not have money. Am I saying the truth? If you want to know that people have money, just go to the airport and see how many people are traveling. You know, during COVID-19 season, I think it was last year when the country was still opening up and people were afraid of traveling, Pastor Marion and I, we decided to travel. We were surprised. People were traveling. People wear their masks and they travel. While others are locked in their houses, afraid. People are traveling. And I was asking myself, who are these people? Do they know that there is COVID-19? But I'm sure also some of them were asking people like us, all these people, do they know there is COVID-19? You'll be so shocked that sometimes as you complain that there is no money, it's simply because money is not flowing towards your direction. Money is flowing towards a particular direction. And the people who are in that direction are the ones who are enjoying money. So you should stop saying that there is no money. Because the more you are saying it, it's one of my points, anyway. I'm going ahead. But the more you say there is no money, you will never see it. <laughs> Let's go. I have preached. Huh? Have you ever said there is no money? We are suffering. This country, there is no money. Yeah, this country has billionaires. Huh? 
Yes, the earth is hard. The moment you say it is hard, it will be so hard for you. That's why I want to teach you on financial dominion. Because God does not want you to be a victim of money. He wants money to become your servant. You are in charge of money. You are in charge of resources. You are in charge of finances. And you can determine the direction where money will go. Glory to God. Do you know there are people in this world that they have a lot of money that they can buy our country? They can buy all of you. <laughs> and you become their subject. Isn't it true? Oh, yes. So there is money in the world. Tell your neighbor there is a lot of money in the world. Tell them one more time because some of them don't believe what you are saying. Tell them, bro, there is a lot of money in the world. That's why we must exercise dominion over finances. Can I hear an amen? amen. Lift your hand and say, I have dominion over money. Say again, I have dominion over money. And this is very powerful. I mean, when, when, look, when you look at this thing called dominion, some of you will never understand it until you start traveling. You travel to a country and see how they have dominion over the elements of the earth. Hmm? That you can go to a country and live for weeks and never see dust. Never see dust. I think Pastor Anthony understands what I'm saying. There, there's a country that begins with a U. When I go, I don't brush my shoes until I come. The moment they open the door, when, when, when we arrive, where is JK? Is it, is it here? When we land and they open the door, the first thing that I do, I sneeze. They have dominion. They have taken charge. They have a road network that is working. They have systems that are working. I'm telling you, they have taken charge of the country that even, they will, they will leave the door open. They will let you steal, but they will catch you. You will not see traffic police on the roads stopping you. You're overspeeding. They will, they will let you do whatever you're doing, but they will catch you. Even at night, even if there's nobody on the road, if it is red, you stop. You don't stop, they'll catch you. <laughs> That's dominion, my friend. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are, you establish structure. You see, when you talk about dominion, you have rule. Yes, you have rule over something. You are in control of something. All right? It is under, under your rulership. You have dominated it. And you make it move in the direction you want. And it will go that direction. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Dominion. And it's the same with money. Yes, it's the same with money. We must have dominion over money. You being broke every day is not good. 
in fact, it's not even a testimony. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We are suffering for Christ. It's not a testimony. It is not a good testimony at all. Lift your hand and say, I refuse, I refuse to live without money. In the name of Jesus. I did before. But after this, I shall attract money. I shall attract wealth. I'll exercise dominion over finances. Money, listen to me. You are coming my direction. You will locate me. You will look for me. You look for my address. In Jesus' name. Shout a big amen. Can you clap your hands and give God a shout? And God, and God, and God, and God, by the time he's telling them to have dominion, he has already given them something to have dominion over. So when you're talking about dominion, we're not talking about you dominating nothing. The blessing is already there. Yes. The blessing, is already, the blessing is already in place. God has already instituted it over your life. And you need to wake up as a child of God and realize that, hey, I need to dominate this thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to share with you deep things. I hope you're ready. You will hate poverty with passion. Yeah, you will not like it that you don't have money. Yeah. Glory to God. That when somebody asks you, can you send me something, you say no. Tell your neighbor, it's changing. In Jesus' name. Yeah, you will tell them I have 5,000, I'll send you 1,000. Isn't it? Oh, yes. Even sometimes when somebody does not even ask, you tell them go and have lunch. Because some of you, you have to wait for somebody to ask. But I prophesy, you will not wait for somebody to ask. You just bless people because you have dominion over finances in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. I was keeping quiet so that you tell your neighbor, tomorrow my lunch is on you. But you guys, hey, you want your neighbor to ask. <laughs> from today determine praise the Lord determine from today you will not live from debt to debt in the name of Jesus you will not live from hand to mouth in the name of Jesus because God is giving you dominion Dominion over finances. Dominion over the biosphere. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hand and declare, Father, every form of debt in my life, I break it in the name of Jesus. May I be free. Father, 
I shall not have money-related stress in the name of Jesus. I'll have school fees for my children, rent for my house, money for food, money for clothes, money for traveling, money for going for a holiday, money for sending people gifts, money for offerings, and tithes, and projects, and building God's house, in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and give God a shout in this house. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, if we don't have financial dominion, we will struggle even to build the church. Hmm? Yeah, I will stand and say we have a bill of 20 million and we want to raise it in this service. When there is financial dominion, by the time I'm done, we want to raise it in this. It is done. Isn't it? Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you feeling what I'm saying? Are you receiving what I'm saying? Are you believing what I'm saying? Yes. Are you yes what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> so, how do you unlock financial dominion? Number one is regeneration. In other words, you must be born again. Regeneration is the very first step that ushers you into a sphere of financial dominion. And I hope all of you are born again here. If you're watching me and you're not born again, you need to give your life to Christ because it is the password. <laughs> to financial dominion. You see, regeneration is not just an experience that guarantees your spot in heaven, but it is an experience that empowers you for financial dominion here on earth. You know, a lot of people, when they get saved, they think about heaven. But salvation is to empower you to be functional here on earth, to have dominion here on earth. The salvation of our souls is the access key to the realm of financial dominion. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Give me that portion of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9, the Bible says, can we read it together? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty 
might become rich. Through whose poverty? Christ Jesus' poverty, you and I may become rich. So, ladies and gentlemen, because you are a child of God, it goes without saying that you are, you are supposed to become rich. You are supposed to be wealthy. Look, if you guys don't believe what I'm preaching, me, I'm going to believe it 100%. I'm going to believe it 100%. I'm going to preach to myself that I am supposed to be wealthy, I'm supposed to be rich, and I will believe it so much until it comes to pass. He took, he became poor, that through his poverty, you see, he was rich, and he's still rich. He was rich, he is rich, he's still rich, isn't it? But when he looked at you, he saw Umechapasana. So he said, I will take what you have upon myself, all right? And take it to the cross and pay a price for it. Die. Pay the ultimate sacrifice for it. So that through my poverty, you may become rich. So I don't know why Christians have a problem with rich people in the church. Because they say that he's illuminated. I do not understand which scripture, you know, they read. When they see a pastor is doing well, they say that pastor is illuminated. But me, I am okay. Please, God, make me so rich that they think I am illuminated because I, I am fulfilling your scripture. Father, some of these people don't believe even what I'm preaching here. Take even their riches, Lord, and give it to me, Lord. How many believe that you're supposed to be rich? How many believe you're supposed to be wealthy? I release the grace for you to be wealthy and rich in the name of Jesus. Poverty has nothing to do with God. No. He might allow it for a season, but that's not your destiny. Because many people think the poorer you are, the closer. Eh? You are closer to God. You are holy. You are righteous. Abraham was very rich. And God was talking to him face to face. Eh? The, the, the garment Jesus was wearing when he was dying, people were fighting for it. Heaven, there's gold. Riches. Oh, yes. Christ became poor. That you put your name there. Put your name there. Father, these people don't want riches. Please, take all their riches and put them on, on Dazzle. Through his poverty might become rich. So to be rich is biblical. Yes. To be rich is nice. To be rich is fantastic. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. May you become rich. May you become wealthy. May God bless you beyond your wildest dreams. In the name of Jesus. May you increase to the left. Increase to the right. Increase in front of you. Increase behind you. Increase all around you. Shout yes in this house.
Sit down. Sit down. We are, we are talking. So from today, change your mind. Don't see rich people and say, yeah, they are selling drugs, uh, Illuminati, uh, wash, wash. Uh, what else do people say? Me, I want to pastor millionaires. I want to pastor billionaires. Do we have children of God in this house who are saved, delivered, forgiven? This scripture is for you. It's for you. Wow. Can we go deeper? Tell your neighbor, watch this space. I'll be so rich until the rich will be shy of my riches. Abraham, before he was Abraham, he was Abram. And he came from an idolatrous family. People who are never worshipping God, honoring God, and stuff like that. His brother died. And that's why he took the son of his brother by the name Lot to raise him. And he became a surrogate father to him. And at that particular point, nothing spectacular is said of Abraham. Nothing good, just calamity. Then they decided to move. And then one day, Abraham meets God. In Genesis chapter 12, God comes and he speaks to him. This is an ordinary guy. He doesn't even know anything to do with God. He was worshiping idols. Then the true God introduces himself to, to him. Genesis chapter 12. And God begins to talk to Abraham. Now, the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, because they worship idols, to a land that I will show you. Verse 2. Move quickly. I will make you a great nation. Wow. Uh-huh. I, ooh, I will bless you and make your name great. And I will bless you so much you'll be so rich that even when you buy people lunch, it doesn't dent your pocket. That's what God is telling Abraham. I'll bless you until you become a blessing to other people. You know, I've been praying of late for God to make me a blessing to people. To make people smile. I just want to put smiles on people's faces. It's a blessing. You can't do that if you're broke. You'll be putting pain on their faces. Isn't it? So this is Abraham now. He begins to walk with God. You read before that, Abraham was nothing. 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 Nobody knew him. Nothing. Just a simple guy living in a village somewhere. Nothing. Then he begins to walk with God. Look at the things God is telling him. These are fantastic things. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Let's continue. And then I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4. So Abraham 
departed as the Lord had spoken. He's now obeying God. That's the picture of salvation. He's now obeying God. And then Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. The guy is 75 years old and he's broke. He doesn't have much. How old are you? Hmm? Please don't freeze. Just answer the question. <laughs> How old are you? You know, Africa people are really secretive with their age. Eh? They really guard it. Hallelujah. potential around you, isn't it? Anyway, so he departs at 75, Pastor Renzo, 75. And he's raising his brother's son. He's called Lord, and they are going together. Ordinary people, they have decided to follow God, a picture of salvation. Then, between this story and Genesis chapter 13, which we shall read, today I'll just give you maybe one point. Between this story here and Genesis chapter 13, Abraham is walking with God, read the story, and farming comes. Remember, God has spoken to him and told him, I will bless you, I will make you, I'll make your name great, I will bless you, those who curse you, I'll curse them, uh, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you, and then famine strikes. Now, when famine struck, I don't know, but I'm just trying to imagine in my head, maybe Abraham thought whatever he had from God, it was just his own imaginations. And that's what happens sometimes when you receive the word from God and a situation occurs in your life that is contrary to what God's word has said about you, you begin to doubt God's word. There was famine. And this famine was so severe that Abraham had to go to Egypt to survive it. Yet, he has heard from who? From God. So he goes to Egypt to survive. And when he goes to Egypt, he realizes that his wife is very beautiful. Those who are planning to marry, marry a beautiful woman. Some message within a message. Don't marry somebody you will not like looking at every day. Don't marry out of pressure. Marry something that is beautiful in your sight. That you can be looking at every day and say there is a God somewhere. Hallelujah. For ladies, don't marry... Uh, don't worry about the face. Just worry about the wallet. But the, the, the face, the, the money will work on the face. <laughs> Pastor Tina, why are you looking down? It's a powerful message. Yeah. And Abraham knew his wife was beautiful. And he knew that if I go to Egypt, I'll be killed because of my wife. You know the story. He said, this is my sister. Because he was trying to survive. All right. And God had already spoken. God had already told, I bless you. Look, this is somebody who is coming from a revival meeting. Powerful conference. He received a prophetic word 
from the man of God. He is from a transformation, Friday transformation service. Then he meets the king of Egypt who wants his wife. Because the wife is beautiful. And Abraham knew, if I say this is my wife, these guys are going to kill me. So he says, it's my sister. And he survives. Stays in Egypt for a while. And then he leaves Egypt. But still, God is with him. Look at verse 13. By the time we get to verse 13, chapter 13 rather, Genesis chapter 13. So Abraham went up from where? From Egypt. He and his wife <laughs> and all that he had and Lord with him to this. Now I want to show you something. He went to Egypt to survive. But because the blessing was upon him, even in his survival mode, he was prospering. Even when things were tough, he was prospering. You see, when the blessings of God is upon you, even if the economy is, doing, is not doing well, you will still prosper. That's why I told you, stop saying there is no money. For you, there is money. For you, there are opportunities. For you, there are blessings. For you, you are exempted from all these terrible things that people are crying about. Why? Because the blessing is upon you. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift your hand and say, I repent, I repent. for saying there is no money. He's in survival mode in Egypt. Pastor Rose, somebody is after his wife, but the man is flourishing. Huh? He's even saying a lie that this is not my wife, it's my sister, but he's still flourishing. Why? Because of the blessing that God had already spoken over his life and he decided to follow God. Because even you as a Christian, you can't tell me you don't lie. Look at the way you're judging Abraham. How can Abraham say that? You, you've never said a lie. If there's anybody in this house who has never said a lie, lift up your hand. We clap for you. Look at all these people who look like Abraham. So why are you judging Abraham harshly? He's trying to survive. Wow. Look at verse 2. I love it. Verse 2. What happened? Pastor Zef, are we together? Are you seeing the scripture from that corner? And, can we read together? Abraham was rich. Abraham was rich. No, Abraham was rich, my friends. Huh? He was very rich. Very rich. There is a difference between rich and very rich. That's why I told you that God is going to lift you to a level where even the rich will look at you and they will be shy of your riches in the name of Jesus. He became very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. 
livestock, animals. <laughs> livestock includes cattle, camels, goats, sheep, donkeys. What else? Uh, you know, I even discovered that Solomon had monkeys. Yeah. He had all these types of animals in abundance. All these types of animals. And then he had what? Silver. These are precious metals. Now he's having dominion over the geosphere. Where animals are, they're attracted to him. Where silver is, is attracted to him. Where gold is, is attracted to him. I prophesy as a prophet over this house that as you exercise financial dominion, what you are looking for will come looking for you. You will attract it in your life. You will attract silver. You will attract gold. You will attract livestock. If you believe it, shout a louder amen in this house. Sit down. How did this happen? Because he followed God. He followed God. So you can see that salvation is not just about going to heaven. It grants you access to financial dominion. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, I refuse to be broke. In the name of Jesus. I refuse to live like a beggar. In the name of Jesus. As a child of God. I will swim in gold. I will swim in silver. I will swim in opportunities. In the name of Jesus. If you believe it, clap your hands one more time and celebrate Jesus. I don't know if I should give you point number two. Can I? Number two is transformation. Someone say transformation. You see, when a lion looks at an elephant, it doesn't see size, it sees lunch. Isn't it? When an elephant looks at the lion, it sees a predator. It sees somebody that wants to eat me. And so it gets scared. It all boils down to what? Perception. 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 Lions are very intelligent animals. Yeah, very intelligent. Sometimes what they do, they know that they are overwhelmed in numbers, but they, they cause a confusion. Just cause a confusion. They start running, running around, so the animals are running around, getting confused. When the dust settles, they are having lunch. Very intelligent animals. It's about mind. They play mind games. You get what I'm saying? I saw this particular lion. It invited the buffalo. It showed the buffalo that it is weak. And the buffalo was coming. And the lion was moving backwards. And the buffalo was coming. And the lion was moving backwards. And then the lion was moving again, behaving as if it is weak. And the buffalo came close. And then when it, the buffalo got close to the lion, you know the buffalo, the horns, where they have positioned the horns of a buffalo, it has to tilt it, its head like this. You see, for it to actually lift anything up. But no, 
You see, when a buffalo tilts its head like this, it loses focus. So the lion waited until the buffalo tilted the head like this. And that was the end of the story. Perspective is very important. How you perceive yourself is very important. That's why you must undergo transformation. And you stop thinking like I don't know which, who I can use in your family who is an embodiment of poverty. You stop thinking like anyone that you know in your family who is an embodiment of poverty. It can be your father, it can be your grandfather, it can be your uncle, it can be the people that you have grown up with. You know, how you are raised determines how you think. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, you can be raised in the village so much where there is no electricity that when you come to the city and you see lights, you think the sun has been split into many small sizes all over the place. Isn't it true? Yes, it's true. It's true. You know, one time I traveled to go to UK, I think it was 1993, and they took us to, you will travel as well in the name of Jesus. They took us to this restaurant that was serving a five-course meal. I'm coming from a village. As we know, when you're coming to eat, it's ugali and skumawiki, chicken, and that is the end of the story. Isn't it? You too, isn't it? One is me only. <laughs> yeah? That's it. And sometimes when the food is not enough, they give you a lot of water to fill up the space that has remained. So you go to bed at least having eaten something, isn't it? So I go to this country, which is a country of abundance. You see, when you look at even Africa, we have not dominated food to make sure that we have a lot of food. The food that is poured in America is enough to feed Africa. We have not dominated food. That's why in Africa, if you want people to come for a meeting, tell them. Anyway, I went to this country and they brought food. Wow. I was so hungry. They gave us soup and some buns. I drank the entire soup. <laughs> Ate the entire, you know, there were two or three pieces of bun. And then I asked for more. They brought another bowl of soup. I drank it again. I asked, is there another one? They say there is another one. I drank it and then I was full with soup and some buns. Then they came and said, now we are moving to the next stage. I said, what do you mean next stage? The next stage is the stage of vegetables. Or salads. By that time, I was so full. So I just went, I was just looking at them. I say, oh Lord, the devil is a liar. Then after that, they say, now we are going for the main course. 
When I went to the main course, I said, Lord God Almighty, what did I do? All types of meat, rice, the things now you feel like you should eat for lunch. But it was too late. My belly was full of soup and buns. Then after that, they say there is a next phase, dessert. All types of cakes. Since that day, I learned. I learned a lesson. And I'm sure I've helped somebody here because you are going to make a very big blunder. So you should really thank me for saving you. <laughs> then after that, because it was in England, they say, are you going to take tea? I was just looking at all those dimensions, just passing me by. Passing me by. Is because of how I was raised. It has to do with thinking. If you are raised in poverty, you will think that is how life should be. If you are raised in struggles, you will think that is how life should be. If you've been raised going to school without shoes, you will think that is how life should be. That's why you must undergo transformation. Lay your hands on your head and say, every matuta, leave me now in the name of Jesus. So let me go deeper here. Money should not be your source of frustration. Money should not be something that you hate because it's, it's not around you. You should not look at it as something that is foreign because some of us, we were told when we were growing up, stay away from money. Some uncles used to visit us when we were young and they were telling us, Kijana, if you see money coming this direction, you go this direction. Then I've been going that direction and I realize I am the one suffering. I've come back to this direction. And I've realized it's not bad after all if you know how to use it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah? So you have to undergo a mind shift. Your mind has to change. And you start looking at money from a different perspective. You understand? They even preach to you and they tell you, do you know it's money that killed Judas? Yeah, that was Judas. Me, I'm Daswit. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> Come on, shout your name. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Tell your neighbor, I'm not, I'm not Judas. I'm not Judas. So don't see it something foreign. Don't see that it's something that can never come to you. It can only go to other people. You are also a child of God who can also attract money. See yourself as a money magnet. Hallelujah. The way a lion looks at a, 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 an elephant and sees lunch, I want you to look at money and say, this thing, I attract it. I shall attract it. I am a money magnet. Money will locate me in the name of Jesus. Change your thinking. 
Hallelujah. Start thinking differently. Start thinking of how you can master money so that it doesn't master you. Start thinking how you can have lots of it for kingdom advancement. Not just to buy more shoes. For kingdom advancement. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you can't have it, you'll never have it. If you think it's only for other people, that's what you're going to see happen in your life. But if you start thinking right, that Christ became poor so that you may enjoy riches, then money will look for you. I'm preaching what I have seen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I'm preaching what I have seen. Me, I've gone to places and people just bless me with money. Yeah. Yes, even today somebody brought me money in my office. And I didn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, God. Oh, God. Concord my face. Ah, God. Send an angel. No. It's my thinking. I'm a money magnet. Hallelujah. Yes. I'm a money magnet. And there's somebody who came to my office for counseling. After I counseled him, I told him, go and have lunch. It's the way you think, Pastor Tina. Yeah. Pastor Meshach, it's the way we think. There is a tribe in this country that, 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 that think that money should be with them and money is with them. In fact, if you have such members, you will do very well as a pastor. It is true. And there's a tribe in this country, they are always crying, hunger, 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 and they are always hungry. If you call them, say, how are you doing? Hey. It is finishing us. It is finishing our people. Lift your hand and say, I'm changing my thinking. I don't like the way you are talking. It's like you're not convinced about what I'm saying. Lift your hand and say, I'm changing my thinking. I'm changing my perception. I'm changing the way I view money. I am a money magnet. It will locate me. It will look for me. It will come my direction. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Last scripture, and then we pray. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18 to 19. I will continue next Friday. Invite your broke friends. (laughs) Here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat. Tell your neighbor, it's good for you to eat. Touch touch their hand. Are you feeling bones? Tell them it is not good for you to be bony like this. You're not doing very well. Why are you having a lot of bones, Pastor Duncan? 
it's, 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 not, it's not good. It is good. And it is fitting to do what? I prophesy your appetite is going to the next level in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. And <laughs> Pastor Zef, please. It is good and fitting for you to eat, my friend. Almost touched your back. Pastor Mary recently lost her appetite. She was unable to eat. Just the last week before we came. And I could see her frustration. Because the food was nice. I was munching in front of her. <laughs> and her, when she puts something in her mouth, it comes out. Appetite is a blessing. It's a blessing. There are people who don't have an appetite. Yeah, it's a, so when you have an appetite, thank God. Just thank God that you have an appetite because it is good and fitting for one to eat and to do what? And to drink. It's a blessing. And to do what? And to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him for it is his. Yes. Yeah. You will enjoy your money. Even when you are 80, you will enjoy your money. Who am I prophesying to in this house? I say you will enjoy your money even when you are 90. You will enjoy your money even when you are 100. You will enjoy your money even when you are 50. Shout aloud, amen. You will eat you will drink, you will enjoy the good of all your labor. Yes, you will enjoy it. Give somebody a five and tell them I will enjoy it. My goodness, I don't know you feel like me. At 70, I will enjoy it. At 60, I will enjoy it. At 75, I will enjoy it. At 80, I will enjoy. At 90, I will enjoy. 95, I will enjoy. I'll enjoy. For it is his heritage. Yeah, it is his heritage. So if you have nothing to eat, it is not good and fitting. There is no dignity when there is no food in your house. There is no dignity in poverty. No matter how you spiritualize it, there is no dignity in poverty. If visitors can come to your house and you can't feed them, there is no dignity in that. If people can come to your house and they cannot drink anything, there is no dignity in that. Tell your neighbor, I refuse that level. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I shall have something to eat. I shall have something to drink. My children will have something to eat. My family will have something to drink. I will enjoy the good of all my labor. Under the sun, all the days. All the days. 
of my life. Wow. Hallelujah. Let people say I'm suffering from midlife crisis, but I will drive uh, a Lamborghini if I can. Yeah, it is your problem when you think it's midlife crisis. It is me enjoying the car. Show me yours. The one you're saying you're not suffering from midlife crisis. Let us compare notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Rose, at 70 you will enjoy. In the name of Jesus. What does verse 19 say? Hey, as for every man to whom God has and given him power to eat, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. It's a gift. So change your thinking. Oh, my father suffered. I think I will also suffer. My grandfather suffered. I think I will also suffer. My relatives suffered. I think we will also suffer. The devil is a liar. Change your thinking. The gift of God is for you to enjoy riches, wealth, and the Tell your neighbor, I shall eat things. If it is your wife, tell her you are part of the things. I shall eat things. <laughs> you are my things. I'll eat you. Why are people laughing? You know you can have things and never eat them. Jeremy, did you tell your wife? Oh, yes. Pastor Andrew, did you tell your wife? Why, why am I saying that? Because the Bible, he who finds a wife, finds, yes, she's a thing. Turn to your wife, tell her you are things. I'll eat you in the name of Jesus. May God give you power. I say, may God give you power. I say, may God give you power. May you enjoy the gift of God. May you enjoy riches. Enjoy wealth. Enjoy prosperity. Enjoy increase. Shout aloud a yeah. I want to stop there. I'll continue. This coming Friday. Lift up your hands and tell God I want to enjoy the gift of riches, of wealth, power to eat. In the name of Jesus, I want to enjoy. Come on, talk to God for a minute. In the name of, you will rejoice in your labor. In the name of Jesus. Brandy Kataba. Oh, Oh, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May we walk in financial dominion. May we walk in financial dominion. May we enjoy riches and wealth in the name of Jesus. 
may we be recipients of the gift of God. The gift that ushers us into riches, into wealth, and gives us power to eat of the good things in the name of Jesus. Oh, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Walk in that dominion. Walk in that dominion. Flow in that dominion. Unlock that dominion over your life in the name of Jesus. Walk in it. Flow in it. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that we shall walk in financial dominion. Because of salvation, we shall be like Abraham. We shall be very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. In the name of Jesus, we shall have power to eat of the given riches and wealth from your hand, Jehovah God. We shall rejoice in our labor because this is the gift that you have given unto us. Bless every man in this house. Bless every woman in this house. Poverty will not be our story. Stagnation, lack and want will not be our story. From tonight, we are working in financial dominion. We are dominating the geosphere, hydrosphere, in the name of Jesus, the atmosphere, in the name of Jesus. Give us strength and give us that grace. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give God praise? Let's shout to him with a voice. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.